Out in New Jersey, I did security for Lockheed Martin, security for the military. Evaluate our ripple effect on life. We're not the only, you know, individuals on this planet. You're either throwing away money or you're throwing away waste. You just see trash everywhere. And it's not even just in the, the landfills. It's actually just disgusting. And your impact's not going to do anything, but it's like, you know, but that's me though, man. I'm doing me. Welcome to another episode of Weed Buds Radio. I am in our virtual studio today with another member from our friends at Design Kush. I have Alex with me today. Alex, welcome to Weed Buds Radio. Thanks, Ryan. I really appreciate you having me, man. Love to connect so, with you guys and talk about some stuff. Well, you guys are crushing it. I think you and I connected on LeafWire. Uh, you were just out there hit, hitting the, the kind of new school cold calls and kind of really being a part of the launch of Design Kush. And I know you guys have had a lot of early success. What would you kind of attribute that to? I think it really has to do with the, the team that we put together and the passion for cannabis and really just helping businesses out there, really just coming together and really just growing that and really just trying to push the industry forward. I think just really the passion behind the project that we put into it is really what uh, really achieved that. Have you always had a passion for cannabis or is this something that's kind of developed in the last few years? I would say that it's, it's, it's been there for a while. It's always weird to say, especially in this industry where it's now legal. I mean, I've been consuming cannabis for... 15 years whether it was you know legal or illegal it's weird to say that but <laughs> yeah i mean I, i've always pretty much had a passion for cannabis the the hopefully the fbi is not knocking down your door so you know there's they've got bigger fish to fry than uh than us that had some fun in in high school or college exactly hopefully. i'm pretty sure the statute of limitations are already over on that <laughs> I so I actually had a nightmare one time and it was when I first started podcasting that a guest came on my show and expressed their cannabis use and their introduction and then like three hours later I got a call that that guest was arrested for this, you know, crime that they admitted to on the podcast, you know, two decades earlier. And I woke up sweating. I was like, oh my gosh, like, okay, it's a dream. I started reading like all of the statute of limitations, you know, where kind of where we are. But yeah, so that was, it was hilarious because it was just one of those nightmares that seemed so real that I, I jumped up. And of course, here we are, you know, a year later, still having fun conversations about cannabis. Yeah, no, it's it's always interesting to talk about. I mean, it's it's con the industry is constantly changing. Whether it's legal as uh, you know, the different legislations that are going on in each state, each country, even on just like the local level. Like I know here in Colorado, I mean, it's adult use is legal, but I'm pretty sure, like you know, when you go to like Vail, uh, in the mountains, I'm pretty sure they locally have it uh, still illegal. Understood, and that must be something that your entire team kind of has to stay on on top of as you assist clients. And I know that you do design for for websites and labels and kind of everything in between. So that compliance piece must be uh, I don't want to say exhausting, but ever changing. Yeah, it's definitely a struggle. I mean, especially when you think about marketing with cannabis, there's certain things you can and can't do when you market cannabis uh, businesses and promoting your product. So we definitely have to stay on top of it, especially when we're, you know, trying to help new businesses, especially once, you know, let's just say a state decides to, you know, legalize it, adult use, you know, we want to help them actually build that industry within their state on that level. So it's definitely a lot of change in pieces. We got to stay on top of it. You know, things are constantly changing. So it definitely takes a certain type of individual to be a part of this. 
Absolutely. Well, when we had Jocelyn on, I had her introduce kind of the team dynamic, if you will. And she knows obviously that not plastic and you know this more sustainable world is a is something that I'm passionate about and she gave us a little tip and secret that you also are very passionate about sustainability I'm definitely extremely passionate about sustainability you know I guess let's say a disclaimer I'm not a scientist of any sort I don't have a career in recycling or sustainability but I just started over the years to realize in my opinion what's necessary in this world and what is unnecessary you know compared to what people think is a need compared to a want and i mean i think we spoke about it let's just let the people know the little steps i've taken pretty much every day every week every month i'm at a point where i'm taking out my garbage and recycling once a month based on my lowering my single-use plastic consumption the limiting my waste output it's just it, it feels great now, do you feel like you're sacrificing as a consumer? Do you feel like this is taking time out of your day, time out of your life? What, what goes into being more conscious, I suppose, as a consumer? I mean, you know, a big aspect of it for me, which makes it, I guess, simple, um, or not really simple, just, you know, a little bit more fluid and easy for me is I'm someone that likes to, you know, consume a lot of healthy products, whole foods, stuff like that. So I've always been into, you know, prepping my meals throughout the week and, you know, occasionally ordering out and stuff like that. But it really, I mean, when you have a consistent kind of regime, whether you're eating and like your buying patterns at the grocery store, it really just becomes a little bit more consistent. And then like, once you're in that flow of things, then it's just like, okay, what little change do I need to do this time? What little change do I need to do this time? So it's just kind of a constantly changing process like we were talking about with the cannabis industry. But as soon as you make that one major step to figuring out your routine, then the little things can come into play. Like recently, I actually just cut out frozen veggies. You know, I was using that in a lot of meals. So I went and bought um, reusable uh, produce bags. You know, because I'm not a big fan of the plastic produce bags that are at the grocery store. Um, do you actually, right, do you guys have produce bag, reusable produce? We do, yeah. We just made some uh, corn-based produce bags available. So I know you have if you know your local grocer, they, they yeah. need to make the switch. Exactly, yeah. So just little things like that, I mean, that just add up. And it's like stuff like that that's especially not biodegradable and will just be here for years upon years. You know, we, we like to talk about everything going on in this world and what world are we going to have if we don't take care of it? It's a scary thought. And it's one that keeps me up most nights. And it's obviously the reason why we started Not Plastic. Exactly. This is, it's getting scary. And as time progresses, it was one of those things that I had to say like you did it nobody's going to clearly force us to make better decisions and nobody forced you to make better decisions as a consumer just like nobody's forcing me to make better decisions in terms of helping provide solutions to industry well nobody's forcing it so who's gonna do it we have to take responsibility and and do the work and it you know, from the industrial perspective, it does take some sacrifice. There's certainly other projects that could uh, be maybe uh, more personally enriching uh, financially. However, I've had those opportunities and the opportunity now 
is is to save the world. And so what I can do in terms of helping companies make better choices and what you can do in terms of helping consumers find these ways. And as you said, it doesn't take a lot of effort. It just takes a little bit of strategy. So why? You know, why did you decide that this was your responsibility as a consumer to start reducing your trash and you're taking your trash out once a month now yeah once a month i mean you know it's it's always like a gray area for me to bring up kind of like why i relatively started because i don't want to be one of those people but i i guess it really started because i'm vegan i don't want to be one of those oh you know vegans just talk about being vegan but it really kind of started with that because when you think about you know this we're not the only you know individuals on this planet you know i feel like we're also destroying the ecosystems of all the other animals that are out there. So I really thought about, you know, reducing my trash and my waste so that it's not just filling up landfills, it's not just getting everywhere. You know, you drive around, you go to these parks, you drive around the road, you just see trash everywhere. And it's not even just in the, the landfills, it's actually just disgusting. You know, I was at 7-Eleven the other day and I just walked to the door and you just see cigarette buds and like soda cans and just everything all over the floor. It's just, it's just horrible. So it's really just me trying to make my impact. You know, people tell me, Oh, I mean, your impact's not going to do anything, but it's like, you know, but that's me though, man. I'm doing me, you know, take it as you want it. But it's really about that. And then, I mean, it's, it just feels better to not have a waste output. When you look at, like, I think you posted something about um, a different country and like, you know, sending like trash over there. It's like, you know, why do we need this much trash? And it really came from, in my opinion, the demand for convenience in this world that we created with all single use stuff. Like I, I think, I forget, I don't, know, I don't know his name exactly, but the guy who created a uh, Keurig, doesn't he like hate the fact that he created that product? Because mm. the single use coffee thing that he did. I mean, I know now they have like, uh, like the reusable Keurigs, but still, I don't think he's too happy about that. I mean, it's just like things like that that are just so convenient and like people just feel like they, people are putting themselves above the environment, which is not, I mean, like it's, 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 it's not the way to do it in my opinion. Well, and I really appreciate that. And I think that sometimes we don't necessarily evaluate our ripple effect on life. And so I try to assume that the petroleum industry did not know better. I try to assume that. I try to assume... Everything started. They didn't... you know, exactly. Yeah. I I go into it with the process of these are entrepreneurs, these are innovators, and they're risk takers. They created a product, they marketed very well, and here we are, 40, 50, 60 years later, trying to solve some of the problems that that created. Now, there became a time that they knew it was wrong. And that's when I think that they had the obligation to do something about it, not double down on production, double down on misleading education. That is when they had a duty to society to say, maybe we need to pause. Here's some potential solutions that we're going to explore. Same with Keurig. I assume his mindset was this is going to be super convenient this is going to in some theory potentially reduce waste of 
the beverage itself, right? How many times do you dump half a pot out? You make a pot, you finish it, you make it for the next person, they have one cup, you dump it out. Who knows? There's a circle of reasons that, you know, could have gone into, and let's face it, I have a machine myself. And so I would like to think, right, that he now recognizes, oh, dang, there's this was a piece that that we really should have tackled back then because yeah. now it's so expensive to tackle it now and to make those changes it's not impossible i'll be very honest but it is hard on a business so yeah. that's something that we think about at not plastic all of the time you know it's what what are we doing now that could have consequences 10 years out, 20 years out, three degrees of separation from us. And we don't know. I mean, we're not perfect. It's new. But I'm hoping that as we continue to grow and scale this mission, that we are aware of those things. And should something come up, that we are strategic enough to evaluate that when it comes up and then make that change. And I think that's the responsibility that a company like this has, you know, not to make this an infomercial for, for not a plastic, but I think that is the responsibility that we have, the mission that we started, why we started this, the position that we are all in as we acquired and started this business, uh, we're trying not to make those sacrifices that are going to end up causing harm in the future. And I think if people just really thought about their ripple effect on life, that, you know, maybe we would have avoided some of these in the first place. But I really appreciate you as a consumer. I want to challenge you on something, though, before we, before we switch topics. You and mentioned something, and I, I hear this from consumers a lot, where they almost take responsibility for where we are today in terms of our pollution problem. Part of that is true, but let me assure you it's not you, because you're not the one that's throwing the products on the ground outside. So that's something that I just, I try to have everybody because I get overwhelmed all of the time that this is my problem. And if I die before it's solved, who's going to solve it? However, we need industry to take the charge on this. They've got the resources to do so. They have the social responsibility to do so. And they're the ones that marketed this product. They conditioned our behavior to consume in a certain way. Our philosophy at Not Plastic is plain and simple. We're not going to change your behavior. You, maybe over time we can help you too, but what if we just made that product that if you are kind of a, a dinky do and you throw your plastic bottle outside. And it will that, be a little better for the environment. Absolutely. And so I think we need to make those changes. I think that'll be much faster of an impact than to just change consumer behavior globally across the board. Everybody is going to abide by this because the government said so. I, I mean, we see what's going on with COVID. Just because the government tells you to wear a mask doesn't mean that everybody's wearing a mask. Industry's got to take the charge on that. But I really appreciate you uh, you sharing that. And I, and I love every aspect of it. What would you say for those listening, if there was one thing that they could do tomorrow to cut their consumption back without sacrificing a lot. What do you, what would you say that first step is? 
it's actually funny. I was going to bring this up anyway. Um, it had something to do with what you were saying earlier with, you know, you, you do a couple cups of coffee and you throw out the rest of the pot. Okay. So the first thing that I actually did to really kind of jumpstart this whole situation was I looked at how much food I was actually wasting. So when you look at it, I mean, what are you actually throwing away? Look at how much you buy each week. Look at how much you cook for dinner. If you're actually wasting food, then you're pretty much wasting money. So you might, it might as well just make sense to look at your waste in that aspect because then you'll just be either, you're either throwing away money or you're throwing away waste, man. Just look at it in a certain way of, are you going to save money or you're going to lose money? I think, I think so it's, it's a mindset. Yeah, it really is. I mean, why throw away food that you paid for? Why throw away drinks that you paid for? Why throw away dollar bills in general? Yeah, exactly. It, I it, love that mindset. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's a great start. It puts you in your, you know, your, your budgeting type of finance mind, and it's technically good for the environment. And I want to I jump back to what we were saying earlier really quick, um, where I kind of made it seem like everyone just throwing trash out the window. Yeah, there can be multiple like, sources of it. I mean, there's people like, trashes are getting overflown, uh, stuff coming off garbage trucks. You do have the occasional person that might just throw it out the window. You never really know. So there's like multiple things um, that could really attribute to it. So I'm not putting the blame on anyone specifically in that aspect. You. For you watching right now, I'm yeah. putting it's your <laughs> fault. No. That's uh, that's great. And I'm glad that you brought that up because it's true. It's n- Most people are not yeah. driving down the highway, throwing stuff out the window. Well, I will say this, though. And this has nothing to do with actual people. You know, the consumer, like you said, has to do with relatively the industry. We're filling up these garbages so much that they're overflowing, getting on the ground because we're using such single-use, unnecessary products, in my mind. I agree. No, very good point. Now, taking that a step further, Design Kush, that you guys are all really kind of value-driven and you all kind of have your passions. And when Jocelyn was on, she told me about your passion uh, regarding sustainability. And I know that some of your team members have dogs. Uh, what would you say are kind of like the, the driving passions of the Design Kush team? What types of projects are you working on that's just really getting everybody excited and uh, just moving every everybody forward? I would say it's really, you know, we all took a step back after like a couple months of working with the company. Um, you know, reaching out to so many different businesses, I put out a point of take a step back and think about what you really are passionate about. And that's actually what connected me and you. Um, you know, Tino, uh, who's one of our customer success managers and brand ambassadors, he's a master grower. He's been growing cannabis for, I think, eight plus years. So he works a lot with grow farms and stuff like that. Like he has the knowledge for what they need to, you know, market and what they need resource wise on their online presence. Alexis, you know, she actually worked in this type of industry before for GoDaddy and she's actually been really focused on actual like, uh, you know, consumer packaged goods and like there was this one company, Elevated Dining, where it's like infusing cannabis into meals and stuff like that. So that's kind of her passion right there. You know, Shane and Tyler have just, the, the two founders really are just passionate about cannabis and they've been doing this for decades, years of experience. So that's really what just drove me to join this team. And I think it's just, the group, the group of people that we have together. I mean, just like the different aspects and passions, they all kind of like mesh in some type of way where it, it just it just flows really well. And I think the clients and the, the industry is really seeing it. And did you move out to Denver for this position? I live in Denver right now. I actually moved to Denver 
was today? The 12th. Five years ago to the day, actually. I got here five years ago to the day. I lived in New Jersey for 20-something years. And, you know, back in New Jersey, I was a beer buyer at a few liquor stores. And I did some, you know, I actually have a bachelor's in criminal justice. Not really using it right now, but what are you going to do? Um, out in New Jersey, I did security for Lockheed Martin, security for the military, internet at police department. So I was, like, going that route. And then I always wanted to move to Colorado. So I actually got a job with the TSA at Denver International, which was, in my opinion, not the best job. I only did it for like seven months, um, but I pretty much never visited Colorado. Used that as a way to get myself out here. And then I moved on to actually beer and I worked for Anheuser-Busch. I worked for Breakthrough Beverage Group, worked for Founders Brewing Company. And then yeah, just kind of made my way into the cannabis industry. That's so fun. I think that those diverse backgrounds and experiences really they really fit in this industry because it's so much kind of creative problem solving that seeing different uh, industries and how they troubleshoot scenarios and bringing that to cannabis which every single day is a new challenge to troubleshoot uh, that diverse background has got to be instrumental for this it definitely really helps. I mean, especially with, I mean, me specifically, I like to work with dispensaries and actual, like, you know, like whether, whether it's like a, you know, an infused edible or infused like drink, something like that, like actual consumer packaged goods. Cause that's, that's really a lot of my experience. And I know retail when it comes to the, you know, liquor stores and stuff like that. In my opinion, I think that the cannabis industry as legalization and le- legislation moves forward and the change keeps on happening. I think it's going to follow the footsteps of alcohol in the sense of regulation and distribution. I mean, obviously we're quite a way away from that. I mean, you know, I think about like the first legalization was what, like uh, five years ago? And look at where we are with alcohol. Prohibition was like quite some time ago. So not to say it's gonna take that long. Obviously we're a little bit more progressive nowadays, but I, I think it's gonna follow the footsteps probably on a little bit faster track though. Great point. I mean, that's 80, 90, 100, hundred ish years in the making since then. (laughs) Wow. Great point. Alex, I want to thank you so much for joining Weed Buds Radio. And of course, we we're going to be following your journey, following Design Kush's uh, journey. And before we leave, what is the best way to connect with you and to connect with the Design Kush team? I would say the best way to connect with us would be just, you know, connect us on LinkedIn, you know, search Design Kush. You could search for me specifically, Alex Kokero, you know, any one of our teammates, Jocelyn, Alexis, Tino, Shane, Tyler, the owners. I mean, just LinkedIn. I think that's the best way to go about it. That's awesome. And the website? DesignKush.com. Exactly how you think it would be spelled. Awesome. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Alex. I appreciate you joining us and telling us a little bit more about Design Kush, your team, and how you are taking control of your consumption in your own home. I really appreciate you having me, Ryan. It was great talking to you. Wow. I'm such a piece of shit. Listening to how awesome Alex is and cutting down on his single-use plastics. I have some hard work to do over here. 
Well, Matt, <laughs> I don't know that I would call you that. You're a great friend and an amazing partner. But I do think that we all have some lessons that we can take from Alex. I was super impressed. And when we were talking, there's there's things that I think he's probably more conscious about than I am. And so it was really great. I love learning about some of these entrepreneurs and business people in the cannabis industry and then hearing about their passions. And Alex's passion is so aligned with ours and it's just, it's awesome. So it's really cool to meet the personalities behind these businesses and then taking it a step further and kind of understanding what makes them tick. And if you have enjoyed getting to meet Alex and this episode of Weed Buds, please be sure to heart share and retweet this. Maybe share it with somebody who's really passionate about veganism or share it with somebody who's really passionate about being eco-friendly and reducing their carbon footprint. I think there's a lot of ways to relate here. And if you happen to connect with Alex, you can ask him about our inside joke regarding the praying manti that he found at the gas station that startled him the other day. Until next time, pup. Puff. Peace. Peace.